This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. I want to ask a question this morning as we get started. Have any of y'all ever been at a place where you felt completely overwhelmed? Kind of that drinking out of a fire hydrant feel like I'm halfway drowning, just that feeling. Has anybody ever been there before? You know, your heart's beating fast. Um, problems are just piling up. It's not just one thing. It's just many things. And you feel like you're in over your head. And, and you can say, listen, I was full of anxiety at that point. Uh, probably most of us has walk, have walked through those times. And whenever you walk through those times, there are times whenever well-meaning believers will actually just tell you, that you know the word of God says, like for instance in Philippians, do not be anxious for anything. And the word does say that. Can we all agree? The word, the word says it. There it is right up there. Do not be anxious for anything. But whenever you hear somebody say that, a lot of times it's just like, well, I appreciate that. And we can say, do not be anxious for anything, but we've got to figure out how is it that we are not anxious about anything, Right? So whenever we speak it, we got to believe it and walk in it, right? right? And so we're going to talk about that today, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and just be real transparent with you. And I mentioned this to our team this week. I've been battling anxiety this week. And truthfully, this is nothing that I ever deal with. Regina will tell you, I have the, the ability to run wide open on very little sleep and do a lot of things at one time. I don't know if it's a gifting or not, but the fact is, is that's normally the way I run. I just like to do a lot of stuff. I like to stay busy. This week, I just had some stuff pile up. I was at a place to where like, my blood pressure was up, heart was beating fast, and I've got this twitch in my eye that's been happening, and I had an eye doctor friend that said, until stress goes away, that twitch ain't getting any better. And it's just like, as I've been trying to put this teaching together, it's the enemy's like, I'm about to show you. But he lost, right? He lost, and, and he's going to continue to lose. But the truth is, is that anxiety is a real thing that we all deal with a lot of times. Maybe not everybody. I normally don't deal with it. But this week, it was like, well, it showed up at my house. In 2019, two out of three Americans says they said that they were anxious or extremely anxious. And y'all, that was before things got crazy with COVID, right? So that was 67% of America before the pandemic said that they were extremely anxious. Our younger generation, like high schoolers and college age uh, folks, 91% of them uh, report consistent and significant levels of anxiety due to stress. 91%. Of course, it's one of the most common mental health issues of our day. But as I said last week, y'all, I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert as it relates to mental health. But what we are going to do in this series, in each part, uh, we're going to look at it from a spiritual standpoint. The truth is, is that anxiety can hit people differently. Maybe you get really stressed and really worked up if you have to stand up and talk in front of people. Public speaking, it's said that it's like one of the most nerve-wracking things for, for people. Uh, maybe if you've ever gone to a big city and you've been driving in that traffic, it freaks you out. Maybe it's the feeling of not fitting into the crowd that you're in, like whenever you're in a group of people, and maybe that makes you really anxious. Uh, maybe it's whenever things just continually are not working out for you. It seems like day after day is just something is not working as it should. 
Uh, here's some good news for you. It doesn't matter where you are on that whole anxiety spectrum thing. We all need to understand that God cares for us. And the things that get us worked up, he is concerned about. Come on now. He's concerned about whatever it is in your life that brings anxiety. Whenever we look at Second Chronicles 20, there's this great king, his name is Jehoshaphat. And whenever you look in the Old Testament, there's some wonderful kings and then there's some really bad kings. Uh, but Jehoshaphat uh, was actually the fourth king of Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel. Uh, he followed God. He was probably one of the best kings you'll read about in the word. And just to kind of give you a backstory of him, so he's the king of Judah, and there are these three nations that decide that they're going to come against him and attack him all at one time. Now, Jehoshaphat knew, okay, I can take one of them at a time. Like, maybe y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, younger guys are never used to get picked on at school. Like, maybe you could deal with one dude, but if three come up against you, you got to fight on your hands, right? And so he hears that like the Ammonites are coming against him, the Moabites, uh, the Meunites, and, and he realizes I'm in over my head right now. And so whenever we look at Second Chronicles 20 and we see what he did, man, this is just a great story. And the thing is, is that once again, he said, I can take one of these is what he felt like, but he couldn't take three. Have any of y'all dealt with one issue and you're like, I can manage this, but then something else happened. Just, just, it could be a little thing, like the car wouldn't start. And so you have a thought, doggone it. This just made things a little bit harder, right? I mean, I'm stranded or I don't have a vehicle to get to work. And then maybe something else happens, like the school calls and your kid did something stupid. Can we just get real? Those calls are no good. But he didn't just have one situation. He had three armies coming against him. And for us, that's whenever we get overwhelmed, whenever things just seem to be piling up. Our first thing that I want us to get is anxiety is not a sin. Somebody needs to hear that today. If you get worked up, it's not a sin. Somebody say amen. amen. And you want to know how we know that? Because Jesus may have got worked up a little bit himself. Remember, he came to earth as a human, right? And so he was on earth. And whenever he was actually in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before, right before he was crucified, around the time Judas showed up, do y'all remember the fact that it says that he literally was sweating drops of blood? Okay, so that's a medical term is hematohydrosis. And that's actually a term that whenever you get so worked up on the inside, that blood actually will come through your skin. It's happened to other people as well. Now let's think about this. He knew the agony that was about to come. He knew that this was not going to be an easy death. This wasn't going to be a death like where he just took his last breath and then that was it, right? He knew this was going to be hard. And so it's easy to say he was actually worked up. He was anxious. And as a result, we see what happened to him physically. So anxiety is not a sin. But one thing is, is maybe it's not a sin, but it's a signal. It's a signal. Have you ever been in your vehicle and the check engine light came on? Now, the check engine light is not the problem itself. The check engine light indicates that there is a problem, right? That's what it indicates there. It's not the issue, but it tells you that something needs to be fixed. And so whenever we talk about anxiety and that it signals something, the first thing is this, is it signals that it's time to pray. It signals that it's time for us to take our problems 
to the Lord in the same way that Jehoshaphat did. And we're going to start in verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 20. It says, Jehoshaphat was terrified, terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. Who did he beg for guidance? The Lord. He begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah, y'all start fasting now. So he went to God, and that's what he needed to do first of all. Verse 6, he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. You know, he just started declaring truths about the Lord. Like, God, there's no one above you. You are mighty. You are the name above all names. I mean, he just started declaring these truths about the Lord. Verse 9, they said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before the temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear Come on now, you will hear and rescue us. You will hear and rescue us. So he's crying out, God, I'm crying out to you and I know that you're hearing what I'm saying. And Father, I'm putting all my trust in you. And God, I'm anxious, God, I'm overwhelmed. And Lord, I'm just being honest with you. I need you to rescue me. See, it's okay for us to say that. As a matter of fact, Friday afternoon, whenever I'm dealing with my stuff, I finally had to sit back and say, God, here's the irony. I'm working on a teaching about praying, and I had not been praying about my situation. I was preaching to myself. But we've got to go to him, and he will hear us. He will hear us. And here's the thing. Praying doesn't only affect your situation. You may wonder, okay, why? Uh, There's actually a neuroscientist. She's a believer. She's an author, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Regina's read about her in the past and read some of her stuff. And based on some research, she says this. It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can actually be measured on a brain scan. Wow. 12 minutes a day. I mean, we're talking like, what, an hour and a half a week, over eight weeks, it can actually, you can see the results on a brain scan for Pete's sakes. So the good news is, is that it doesn't just affect your situation. It's that renewing of the mind process that we talk about in Romans 12 too. Come on now, because whenever you begin to pray, then all of a sudden you begin to think differently and your mind gets used to thinking differently. So it can be said that prayer touches the heart of God And of course, it even changes the chemistry of our brain as well. And this is good news because it means that our minds, our brains are not fixed. That they can truly be changed whenever we're intentional to do it. That we can begin to think differently. That our minds can truly be renewed. Somebody say amen to that. But one problem we have is that we tend to dwell on the negative. Have y'all noticed that? Uh, In our brain is that little thing. It kind of looks like a walnut. It's called the amygdala. And it's kind of like a little bit of an alarm that that goes off. Like we've had some coyotes around our house here lately. And I got to be honest with you. I'm outside at night and I hear something. I'm like, I better get inside. I don't want these guys hanging, you know, coming towards me. 
But the amygdala normally triggers that alarm, and of course, we normally think something really bad. And, and that noise could have been anything, and probably not coyotes, but the thing is, is that we often dwell on the negative. I mean, we just constantly thinking, think about the negative, and actually, there's a Hebrew word that whenever you look in the word anxiety and this word, they're often used, they interchange the word, but it's called mirno. And it's dwelling or pondering on fearful, anxious thoughts. Dwelling on them. Dwelling on fearful thoughts. Dwelling on anxious thoughts. Y'all, whenever our minds renewed, whenever we do that, that we were just talking about a minute ago, then all of a sudden we're not dwelling on the anxious thoughts, are we? We're thinking differently. But that's like an image of us just meditating on the negative. But here's the good news, is that we're always thinking about what could go wrong in the natural, but with prayer, prayer's supernatural. Right. right? So whenever we begin to pray, whenever we begin to renew our mind, then all of a sudden we're not thinking on the natural, we're focused on what prayer is doing in the supernatural, and our minds will change the way it thinks, so we can break that negative cycle in our life. Yeah. And that's what we need to do as believers, God, we're looking to you. God, we're, we're, we're trusting you in this situation. Father, it may not look good, but God, I know your plans for me, and God, I'm giving it to you. Yes. As a matter of fact, this week, I've got a little situation in my life, and I'm trying to build a case of why something needs to change. And sure enough, in my mind, like I've got the case, and the answer should easily be this. And this morning, I was thinking about it rather than dwelling on the Lord. And the Lord said, why don't you let me take care of this? Yeah. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> right? And that's the way we all need to be all the time. And sometimes I'm a little thick skull and it takes me a while to figure it out myself. And so here I was trying to build my case. Well, I'll say this and then I'll show them this information. Then we'll talk about this. And the Lord's like, I've got it. Yes. Just give it to me. And that's what we need to be able to do, amen? I mean, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, what cast all your cares or anxiety, according to the NIV, cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. And that's exactly what the Holy Spirit was telling me today. Let me take it. And the, the truth is, is that he can supernaturally fix the situation and I don't have to say a word. And that's the way it can be in all of our lives. Just give it to him. Throw it on him because he cares. If it's on your mind, I want you to understand it's on his heart. He cares about what you're dealing with. And I also want you to know this. If you're going to worry about something, you better be praying about it as well. Don't just waste your time worrying on it. Spend some time praying about it. Amen? The first thing we need to do is pray whenever we're in these types of situations, whenever anxiety is rising up in us. So again, it's a signal. It's a signal. It shows us that we need to, number one, pray and bring God into our situation. It's also a signal that we need to pause. Number two, it's a signal that it's time to pause. Let's look at what Jehoshaphat did, Jehoshaphat did after praying. Verse 12. We do not know what to do, he said, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. What did they do? They stood. All right, can we get real just for a minute? 
I mentioned just a moment ago that I like to be busy. And if I got three armies headed my way, wouldn't you think that they'd be sharpening some swords? Wouldn't you think that they'd be getting everything they can, trying to all the equipment they needed, trying to protect their families? Wouldn't you think that's what they would be doing? But this guy was smart. It says they stood before the Lord. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Whatever your situation is, think about it right now. Let's think about this word straight from the Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. There's times whenever my children have been scared of something. And I can just grab their hand and just say, I'm here. And that's what the Lord's telling us today. I'm here. But we sometimes need to be still. We just need to wait on the Lord. One issue that I've had, and I know others have had, is that sometimes they don't want to wait on the Lord. They want to do like those things that I was just saying. They want to get ready. They want to kind of put their plan into place of how they're going to deal with this situation that has arisen in their life whenever maybe we just need to be still and we just need to wait on the Lord. We often try to help God out. <laughs> we often try to tell the Lord what our awesome plan is and it's as if we're asking him to come help us with our plan, if he would like to participate, whenever his plan's always going to be better. Can we agree on that? Oftentimes, though, our plan makes our situation much worse off and much harder to walk through. Whenever his is always easier. But we've got to be still. Breathe. Know that he's greater than your situation. Take your eyes off of your giant. Rather than looking at how big it is, look at how big your God is. Look at how big your God is and not your giant that you're fighting. And remember that he, he's, he's God Almighty. He's your heavenly father, that you're his child, that he's got good plans for you. Amen. But in these times, I want you to know whenever you're still, and I mean you've got to get still, and I don't mean for five seconds either. You don't get still for 30 seconds and then say, well, I didn't hear anything. I better do my plan. You need to wait on the Lord. You need to wait on the Lord. You need to sleep on it. Take some time. But in these times, whenever we wait to hear from him, he'll start to show you what's supposed to happen. He'll start to show you what he can do He'll start to show you maybe what you should do. He can give you direction or he can, in the same way that he told me right back here a little while ago, he's like, let me have this situation, Gene. But he'll speak to you through his word a lot of times. How many of you know uh, all the answers to our life, they're pretty much in here. 
This can show you how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife. This can show you how to raise children. This can show you how to run an effective business. It's all in here if we'll take the time to crack it open. He can speak to you through his word. He may send somebody to you that he has given them a word to give to you. It's what we would call a word of wisdom. Amen. Whenever you look at the gifts and they can speak into your life, this is what the Lord says. He may just reveal very practical things to you that might fix your issue. Maybe something you brought on to yourself and this is how you can fix it right here. Um, he may even say, hey, you need to go talk to this counselor or see somebody else. Because uh, I want you to know, we mentioned this last week, uh, we deal with stuff physically and we go and we see doctors about it. And it's possible to have some chemical imbalances up here. And it's okay to go see a doctor about that. Somebody say amen. amen. People will take medications for arthritis, for blood pressure issues, for disease, but they don't want to take anything for up here in their mind. And the truth is, is that sometimes there are imbalances and it's okay. Come on now. It's okay. And once again, the blood of Jesus can fix us head to toe. We all know that. But he's going to reveal to you what you should do. But getting back to Jehoshaphat, while they waited, the spirit of the Lord came upon somebody by the name of Jehaziel. And the Lord used him to speak a word to the group in verse 15. Jehaziel said, this is what the Lord says to you. Now, I want you to know this man heard from God. He wasn't just trying to encourage them and just come up with something really spiritual sounding. For them to do this, you know this man had to hear from God. Amen? Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Somebody needs to hear that today. The battle you're going through right now, it's not yours, but it's God's. Amen? It's his. Verse 16, go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Bring the Lord into your battle like what we talked about. Pray. Invite him in. Invite him into your battle. Pause. Get a word from him. And then do exactly what he says to do. Do exactly what he says. He says, don't be afraid. Let God fight for you because God cares for you. He cares for you. So when anxiety strikes, y'all, we've got to pray. We need to pause. We need to listen to God. But the third thing is this. is It shows us that it's time to praise it's time to praise as well. Now, let's think about this just for a minute. Jehoshaphat, he did pray. He called the people to a fast, and he paused. He waited on God to see what he should do, and, and the Lord used Jehaziel to speak a word, giving them instructions as to what they should do. Let's look at verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord, fell down and worship before the Lord. Then some Levites stood up and praised the Lord. Let's look at this. Some of the Levites stood up and they praised the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud voice. Now I want us to think about this just for a minute. This was a battle strategy that probably would seem kind of crazy to most people. Rather than sending out you're really strong military guys, he sends out the worship band. Rather than sending out swords and bows and arrows and that sort of thing, he sends out people with cymbals and horns and guitars. But he knew what he was doing. 
He knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, whenever you're dealing with anxiety, uh, I really feel like whenever we get into worship and we get into praise, things just start to, that anxiety just starts to melt away. And the reason is this, is in Psalms 22, 3, it says, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So what does that mean? Whenever we begin to worship, whenever we begin to praise, whenever we begin to just declare the Lord's goodness in our lives, whenever we begin to, to tell the Lord how faithful he's always been, whenever we just begin to worship him because he's worthy of it, then what it does is it just brings him right into your situation and he inhabits it. It's kind of like your home. Think about this. It's like the Lord just moving in and just setting up shop in your house, your situation. That's exactly what the word of God says. He inhabits the praises of his people. And I know whenever you're dealing with anxiety, y'all, it takes faith to praise God, doesn't it? It's very easy for us a lot of times to praise God whenever everything's going well. We can shout hallelujah after we get a breakthrough. But that hallelujah needs to come while we're in the battle as well. I truly feel that it will expedite the breakthrough. Amen. Whenever we begin to just praise him and worship him, it just brings him onto the scene of our situation. So let's look at what, what the Lord did in verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Come on now. Have faith in God. There's times whenever people will come into your life, and you know that they've heard directly from God. The enemy's going to try to convince you, no, 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 that was just them. That wasn't a Lord. That wasn't a word from God. He said this, have faith in God, have faith in Jehaziel that heard directly from God for our situation. Verse 21, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever as they began to sing and praise as they began to what sing and praise the Lord said ambushes come on y'all the Lord said ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated the Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. <laughs> Hold on. They were about to get attacked. God took care of the enemy and yet said, oh, and by the way, here's something a little special I got for you right here. He didn't just get rid of the enemy. He brought a blessing along with it. 
So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value more than they could take away. There was so much plunder, it took three days to collect it all. Now here's what I love right here. Verse 29, the fear of God, the fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms whenever they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. The fear of God. I want you to know this. Your enemies are going to see the anointing on your life and they're going to begin to realize this is not somebody I need to mess with because I know that they walk with the Lord. Come on now. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. For his God had given him rest on every side. Come on, y'all stand with me today. The kingdom was at peace and the Lord gave them rest on every side. The Lord fought the battle for them and as a result, they received rest. Last week I talked about a really hard year that I went through. 2015 was hard. This week was another one that just, you know, it was like four days of heck. I got to be honest with you. On the outside, I looked just fine, but on the inside, I, I wasn't healthy this week. And in 2015, I definitely wasn't healthy. But, but I want you to know this. Everybody just close your eyes. Let me just, let me just speak to you today. Whenever we get worked up, y'all, this, what he just did, what we just read about, y'all, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. We go to him in prayer. We go to God. We, we invite him into our situation. We wait upon the Lord. We, we wait for his direction. If you've got a situation in your life and all of a sudden you've been coming up with your game plan of how you're going to attack it, I want to encourage you today to just stop. Just let him deal with your situation. Don't lean on your own understanding. Just trust in the Lord. Trust in him. And then we begin to praise and we begin to worship him for who he is, for what he's done in our life, for his goodness, for his mercy, for his love for us. We just begin to thank him for that. Worship him, praise him, thanking him in advance for what he's gonna do in our life, for the breakthrough that's coming. And we begin to thank him that he's fighting on our behalf, that we're not having to do it ourselves, but that he's fighting on our behalf. And I want you to understand, whenever we do these three things, whenever we pray, whenever we pause, whenever we praise, then I want you to look at the screen today, this verse that I referenced earlier, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it's possible for us to not be anxious about anything. Amen? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we, we present our request to God. And the God of peace, the, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It will guard our hearts. It will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. We pray, we pause, 
we praise. And as we begin to, to address all of our situations like this, truly that renewing of the mind will take place to where y'all, I want you to know down the road, whenever things start to try to get you worked up, you're like, no, it's good. It's good. I understand how this works now. I understand that my God fights my battles for me, but we've got to invite him into that situation and not try to do it ourselves. We've got to give it over to him. We've just got to cast our cares to him because he cares for us. And I want you to know this, only he can give you rest. Come on, only he can give you rest. It may look like you're surrounded, but I want you to know you're surrounded by him. This is how we fight our battles. Come on, let's remember that our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities. Come on, powers of this dark world. Let him fight our battles for us. Amen. The battle is not mine, but it's his. Let's say it together. The battle, it's not mine, but it's his. Come on, this is how we fight our battles. Come on, Nolan. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how it is. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.